Welcome to our Mothers Who Know Stay by the Tree webinar series. Thanks for joining us this morning. This is uh, sponsored by Life Changing Services, who offers lots of different services for families. So check us out at lifechangingservices.org. We offer addiction recovery services for men and young men. We offer services for young women. And we also offer lots of services for moms and for wives and for families in general. And I think later Kim's going to talk a little bit more about some of the services we offer for families. This is also sponsored by Mothers Who Know, which is a part of Life Changing Services. It's the support arm to help all mothers who may have a child struggling. Within Mothers Who Know, we offer mom power classes, and mom power classes help apply powerful tools and principles to find ongoing courage and peace as a mom amid life's challenges. We learn we can stand in any storm with the Savior by our side. Mom Power Training is an eight-week live webinar that runs on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. It's presented by Karen Broadhead, the Parent Support Specialist at Life Changing Services and the Founder and Director of Mothers Who Know. Our next eight-week course starts next Tuesday, March 31st, and the cost for that is $100 for all eight weeks of the training. For more information, you can go to mompowertraining.com. You can register and you can find out all the topics that we teach in the eight weeks. We'd love it if you brought a friend along, if you brought a sister along, if you just grabbed your neighbor out of her house and brought her along, that would work too. Especially today, you just gotta stay six feet apart and we're good, but we'll help everybody increase peace and power in your life. Between each, between each eight week mom power training, we offer a free three week live webinar series. And that's what we're all here for today, our Stay by the Tree series for all women. Our theme is Messages of Hope, and today is the third of the three-week series. Today, our message is, is really timely, and I think this is so amazing because we scheduled our speaker about three months ago, and who knew that this was going to be, well, I guess the Lord knew, that this was going to be the exact message that we all needed to hear today. So Kim Davis, I'm going to let Karen introduce her, but she's going to be talking about the real secret to peace tools for you and your family and your sanity, which I'm sure is what we all need to hear right now. And just as a heads up, later on, we're gonna make it so that you can all unmute yourself. I know Kim is gonna be interactive with everybody, but I do want to let you know that this meeting is being recorded and it will be posted on our podcast channel. So if you have a question and you don't wanna be on the recording, just put the question in the chat and either myself, Karen, or BJ will ask your question for you and that way you can talk with Kim. But we do want everybody to know that this meeting is gonna be recorded and will be on our Mothers Who Know podcast channel. So Karen, I'm gonna turn it over to you to introduce Kim. Thank you. Yes, I'm Karen Broadhead, the director of Mothers Who Know, and this is so exciting. I think being passionate about women and all that we do and how we get it all done, but at the same time, how we feel about doing all that and how we manage ourselves while we do it has so much to do with the peace in our lives. And that's one of the reasons I love Kim Davis. Um, she's one of my dear friends. I really, really have a great appreciation for her example in my life. And the very first time I met Kim, I actually went to her house to help with something and that she was working on. And, and when I walked into her home, it was obvious there was a really strong spirit there. 
there was lots going on. Their family was all doing things and everybody was up to something and they were just very comfortable, like that kind of family that you go in and they just act like, you've been here several times, just go down the stairs, it's right over there, that's where you're gonna find our mom. <laughs> and, and so when I got down there, one of the things that I thought, one, the reason there's such a strong spirit in this home is because this woman works hard and she cares about important things. She's a seeker and a teacher. I have such an incredibly soft place in my heart for anybody with special needs. And she has a daughter with special needs. And I just fell in love um, with Kim Davis because I saw her mothering her daughter and just thought, what an incredible gal to know. But since then, I've got to know her professionally because we work at the same company, Life Changing Services. And um, she helped to write our family manual that we have through our Eternal Warriors program. She's also, um, we train mentors and um, personal warrior trainers that help any of the young men and men in our addiction recovery programs. We train people who know how to work with people with self-mastery and addiction prevention. And Kim trains all of the mentors in our company. Uh, so she's very knowledgeable about what she's talking about, but she's also really passionate about living it herself. She's one, She has a son um, currently participating in a program at Life Changing Services, Sons of Helaman, and she was just super happy to share that just because she's a warrior-hearted gal and so is her son. And they just, uh, she just really understands the concept of we are all on an amazing, powerful journey. And the more we can support and help and connect to each other, the healthier we are. So she has uh, so many cool things. We have a Daughters of Light program in our company that works with young women and women who are dealing with depression and anxiety. And she is a con she consults with the director of that program and often she'll go in and teach the lessons and help and support the Daughters of Light uh, people in that program who are participating and she's finishing her bachelor's degree and she doesn't sound busy at all, does she? <laughs> anyway, Kim, I love you. And I am so, I told her yesterday, I said, I can't wait to hear what you have to say because anything you say, it's going to be amazing. So thanks for being here, Kim. I'm going to turn the time over to you. Karen, thank you. That was so honoring. That just makes me go, wow, I want to be that person. <laughs> thank you. And sisters, if that's all right, if I refer to you as such, as I was flipping through the screens here, wow, wow. I, I am honored that you would join me this morning. And I just really, I thank you. I thank you for being here, for showing up, for being in the fight. Thank you for being women of faith and hope. Women of hope is what you are. And I, I know that God has a purpose for you to be where you are, doing what you're doing right now. Sometimes that purpose is really hard to see. But when we step back or one day when we'll be able to really step back and see God's work with our hands. It's, it's going to be extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary.
So I thank you, each of you, for showing up. Karen, thank you so much for inviting me. I really am honored to be here this morning. Kim, I forgot to say one really important thing. Kim is going to present till the top of the hour on her message that's so timely for us right now. But what we're going to do at the top of the hour is transition into a Q&A format. And so while you're listening to Kim, I just want to encourage you to to do what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to have a pen and a paper here and just be taking some notes, things that stand out to you that you can relate to or little things that the Spirit's trying to teach you. And then at the end, I hope that you will share those things and we can have a discussion at the end. Okay, thanks, Kim. And thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate Karen inviting you to have a paper and pencil ready because we're going to do a few things that for you to participate. I want this to be about you and where you are in your journey. I want to, I want to share a, an experience with you. And I'm sharing this experience to teach a principle. So as I share this experience, maybe you've had an experience like this. Boy, this is not my only experience like this, but this is where we'll start. When my, one of my daughters was 12, she had a really difficult time keeping order in her room. And it had gotten to the point where she had no more space and she had no more clothes to wear. So she brought all of her dirty clothes and lots of requests to do that. She finally brought them all to me. And I was a good mother. I washed her clothes and then I went the extra mile. Ladies, I hung up all of her blouses on hangers and then I put them. I put them on the shower rack to dry the shower rods. That would be super easy. I could just gather those up and pass them over to, uh, to a courier, another daughter, which I did. And then that just had to be delivered and easily put back in her closet. So I was like, wow, I set this girl up for a win. I am such a good mom. And then I went into her room not very long later and looked in the closet. And the closet was totally empty. And I thought, well, they must be on the bed. I looked on the bed and sure enough, there were no clothes on the bed. And I looked on the floor and there in the middle of the room were all of the clothes on their hangers on the floor. And I looked at my daughter. Ooh, and I thought of all these ways that I could make her life miserable for a long time. And I was like, ooh, 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 don't do it, don't do it, Kim, don't do it. And I did it. I said something really unkind. And as soon as I did, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. And then I left the room, came to my room, right, to, to reconnect with my values. And as soon as I got in my room, I was faced with, oh, you're such a loser mom. I can't believe you said that. Ah. I'm seeing some nods. Some of you can relate to this. <laughs> or maybe you just know a mother like this. Now you know me. And, and what I discovered in that moment, and many, many, many other moments, is that Satan is really, really sneaky. He is crazy sneaky. Like, we are warriors. We are warrior women. And if we see that enemy coming, we are going to defend. We are going to protect. We are lionesses at the gate. But sometimes, in fact, usually he's a lot more 
subtle. He's a lot more subtle. He's, he's like a magician. He is like a magician in that he uses a lot of distractions to keep us unaware of what he's doing when he's doing it. So he, he's, he's like a magician in that he uses what I refer to as smoke and mirrors. Anybody familiar with that term, smoke and mirrors? Yeah. Yeah. And Satan is really good at it. He's really good at it. So the smoke and mirrors, a magician will use some kind of a distraction like smoke or, or lights or, or music or whatever, uh, people on the stage, whatever. He'll use a, a distraction to keep our attention away from what he's really doing. And then he or his helpers will shift mirrors, the smoke and mirrors. And with the mirrors, what seems impossible suddenly looks possible. And of course, it's still impossible. For example, if I were holding a mirror right here, you would see the painting that I have on my wall. You would see the painting, and then with a quick flip, the painting suddenly disappeared. So that would be the mirrors. It's just an illusion, but our brain fills in the blanks and adds that. So he will use smoke and mirrors on us as we fight our battles. So the smoke and mirrors, how the enemy uses this, is he will use that distraction or the smoke, and it's generally an emotional distraction, a feeling. We get all stirred up about whatever the situation is. We get all stirred up and we think that's what's going on. We think that is the real battle, is this distraction. Only to find out later, that that is not what's really happening. And then he'll use the mirrors to, to deceive us into what battle to fight. So in the story with my daughter, the distraction, the emotional smoke, and of course there was evidence, was her bedroom. All of those clothes, the disrespect. I was feeling something. And suddenly, who did I see as the enemy? My daughter. My daughter was the enemy. I wanted to fight her, and there was evidence, and it was sitting in the middle of the floor. That evidence of why she is my enemy. And so I acted out in defense, right? Just as a warrior would. And then as soon as I got to my bedroom, do you notice the mirror shifted? And then suddenly, who was the enemy? Me. I was the enemy there. And Satan is so crafty at this. He's so good at shifting mirrors, stirring up emotional smoke. And how do we recognize smoke? Smoke can often be recognized by three C's, criticizing, complaining, comparing. Oh, good job. I see some of you writing these down. But yeah, these are keys you want to remember. Complaining, comparing, criticizing, blame, shame. That's, that's a nice beginner list of how to recognize smoke. And a powerful question is, who do I see as the enemy? What do I see as the enemy? And in that experience, I, whoa, first off, I saw her bedroom as the enemy. 
the clothes as the enemy, and then my daughter, definitely the enemy. And then I was the enemy. Do you see how subtle he is? And all that time I was distracted by these feelings and that the real battle was about the bedroom. That the real battle was about the clothes or about the disrespect or about any of those things. I was just smoke. What is the real battle? And this is one of the tools I really want to focus on today. I'm going to share two tools with you. And this is the first one. What is the real battle? What are the battle lines that you need to be standing on? The real battle. This is from El uh, President Eyring. You will at times have your faith challenged by Satan. It happens to all disciples of Jesus Christ. Your defense against these attacks is to keep the Holy Ghost as your companion. The Spirit will speak peace to your soul. He will urge you forward in faith. He will bring back the memory of those times when you have felt the light and love of Jesus Christ. And I apologize, I don't have the reference there. I will add that. Um, this, President Eyring, reveals to us what is the battle. The battle is to have the Holy Ghost, to keep the Holy Ghost as your companion. And why? What's so important about having the Holy Ghost? Verily, verily, I say unto you, put your trust in that spirit that leadeth to do good. And most often, the good he will lead you to do will involve helping someone else to receive comfort from God. This is how the Lord works. Receive the Holy Ghost. It will tell you all things what you should do. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may know the truth of all things. We have all been in this crazy simulation for the last couple of weeks. And maybe you have felt some, some anxiety, some overwhelm, some fear. And that's just on top of your normal life, the struggle with your children and, and helping your warriors move through and just, you know, the day-to-day -day stuff. But when we can step back and really clear the smoke and say, okay, what, what really needs my attention? What's really going to do the most good? It's fighting the real battle, the real battle. When my oldest son was on his mission, he is a total introvert. And he, um, at the time we weren't able to call, but we could, we could email back and forth on his P-Day. And he had only been there a couple of months and he was, he was not doing very good. In fact, he, he was not doing anything. He was in a really bad place. He was in a big spiritual decline and he was in so much fear. And his, his mission standard was to do uh, what they called invite others, 100 invite others every week, 100 invite others. And his personal goal was one a day. And he was not even making that one a day. And as we were emailing back and forth, he says, Mom, I'm just so afraid. I just feel so much fear. Like I see somebody, I'm like, I'm going to talk to them. And, and I go forward to talk to them. And I just get shut down with fear. And we, as we emailed back and forth, I was like, don't, don't fight the fear. Fear is not the best way to put your energy. You've got to fight the real battle. And I found that the email was so slow. I just was like, oh, he's just not getting it. So I came in my bedroom. I took a big handful of M&Ms and plopped down to say a prayer, thinking in my mind, 
as soon as I'm done with this prayer, I'm going to eat more M&Ms. And as I knelt down to pray, I said, Heavenly Father, you've got to give Jason the message to stop fighting fear. It's not about the fear. And I felt the spirit chuckle a little bit. And he said, um, it's not about the M&Ms. And I was like, well, I, I'm not having that conversation right now. And, but again, he, he spoke to my heart. He said, and I'm going to take out a lot of this very long story. But the bottom line was, my son was fighting fear. I was using sugar to fight my battles, which was also fear. I, I was up against fear. What if he fails his mission? What if he comes home? What if he can't do this? What if I'm a bad mom? Et cetera, et cetera. And the spirit was very clear. Stop looking to other sources. Look to me. That's the only battle you need to fight. Because he will fight all of our battles. And God is a really good warrior. He will always, always, always win the battle. So as I was, I was reviewing this thought, my experience with my son and his focus on fear, and mine that I didn't realize was fear, but that's what I was fighting. And as considering what is the real battle? Who is your enemy? You might feel like um, fear. Fear might be. We're, we're being all stirred up. There's a lot of emotions going on. And there's always evidence. Holy cow, just turn on the headlines. Listen to the radio. There's so much evidence why we could be in a state of fear or panic or overwhelm. Do not fight fear. Do not fight sugar. That was part of me. Do not fight pornography. Do not fight scarcity. Do not fight media. What is it that you have been fighting? It's all smoke. It's all smoke, and there's evidence for it. You feel the evidence. Your gut feels the evidence. Ah, there's evidence all over the place. But it's just smoke. It's a distraction from the real battle. The real battle is to have the spirit. I'm going to invite you. We're going to, we're going to um, take just a minute, and we're going to write down what are things that you are fighting. What are things that you are fighting? What have been heavy on your mind that has brought up feelings of fear, dread? Ah! What are you fighting? And what's the root cause of all of that? What's the root cause? And I'd like to hear just like from two or three of you, what are, what are things in your life that you are fighting? My small business going downhill. Yeah, and there might be evidence for that. I'm fighting my accents. I think there's a story behind that, fighting my accents. My body. Ooh, ooh, your body's the enemy. Satan loves that one. No matter what state of health your body may be in, the enemy is all over that one. I'm fighting my son's behavior. Boy, that can bring up a lot of fear and pride. Yeah. My new son-in-law won't like our family. Oh, all of this is evidence, right? And it's so real. And we could talk with each other and feel each other's pain and struggle in all of this. I invite you to step back and clear the smoke. Just clear the smoke. 
to be filled with the Spirit of the Lord. What does that mean to you? What, what does that feel like? What does he do when we are filled with the Spirit? When we are filled with the Spirit of the Lord, there is no fear. There is only love, only compassion, and that includes for yourself. Ooh. Oh, I want you want to speak English well and your Latin. Yeah. So many things the enemy stirs us up with. And the feelings that come with that. Absolutely. The hospital restrictions, only your husband can be there. Wow. So there's a lot of things. A lot of things the enemy gets us stirred up with. My sisters, it's just smoke. But boy, it's easy to choke on smoke. It is so easy to choke on smoke. So here's a question. Your brain likes powerful questions. Because when you're kind of offline, this is your limbic system takeover. When your brain's offline and you ask powerful questions, your brain's like, what, 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 what? Come back online. So the powerful question is, who do I see as the enemy? That is not who is the enemy. Satan is the enemy. Natural man is the enemy to God. Who do I see as the enemy? When there is fear about your son-in-law not liking your family, who do you see as the enemy? When there's fear about your son's behavior, who do you see as the enemy? When there's frustration with your body and healing and the struggle, who is the enemy? Who do you see as the enemy? It's just mirrors. It's just those mirrors being flipped sideways, sideways, and back and forth all the time. It's a really great question. Um, the other day, the other day, this totally happened to me in preparation for this talk. I want you to know, sisters, I am in the battle. I was sound asleep. I had not had a lot of sleep the night before, and this was mid-morning, and I'd finally gotten into a good rest. I hadn't been there very long, and my husband sits down and starts asking me important questions, and I was just like, oh, are you kidding me? Can't you see I'm sleeping here? And I had, to, it was, I had to be so conscious just to be like, he's not the enemy. He's not, he feels like it, but he's not. But it felt like he was the enemy, and it, it was a battle. I had to wrestle with that. And, and even though I was aware of the battle, to step back and say, okay, it's not what it seems. It feels like it, but it's not true. The enemy, boy, would the enemy, the real enemy, love to get me stirred up hating, fighting my husband or fighting my children. Uh, another daughter the other night, I don't even know what was going on. I, I don't remember. I should put it that way. I don't remember what was going on. I asked her to do something, and she just kind of lost it with me. And so I, my initial gut reaction was, I wanted to lose it with her. But I could recognize, I could feel the smoke. It was so strong because I suddenly saw her as the enemy. So here, here's a little bonus tool. I just, I just went for a walk. I didn't even say anything. I just left the house. It was just a fast walk. I was gone for maybe 12 minutes. On the way out, I said all of the negative, yucky stuff I was feeling and all the stuff I wanted to tell her if she was the enemy <laughs> and just got all of this negative emotion back. And then on my walk back, and it was very brisk, very rigorous, so I could get that, that emotion out of my body. And then on the way back, I only said things that I was grateful for. And, I listened, and, and even as I turned around, I knew I was going to do this. I turned around and I was like, I do not want to list things that I'm grateful for. But I intentionally chose to. And all the way back, I was like, okay, what am I grateful for? What am I grateful for? And I said it all out loud. I said all of the stuff out loud going. I said all the gratitude out loud coming back. And when I came back, of course the smoke had cleared. I could see her as who I really, who she really is. And I love her. She's my daughter. 
but the smoke can get so thick so fast that it's hard to see what's really going on. We start choking on the smoke. So again, I invite you to, to write down, who do you see as the enemy? What is the smoke in your life? What is the smoke in your life? Now, you, you've, some of you have written some of these things down. And I'd like you to share, how do you know it's smoke? How do you know that's not the enemy? How do you know that it's just smoke and mirrors? Any thoughts to share? Thank you. I, I just came in a little bit late, but um, when you talk about the smoke, my understanding is, to me, it's the things I can't control. And I start to go a little crazier when I am focusing on the things I can't control versus the things I can control. And we can control our faith, and we can control our, our you know, work on our thoughts. It's, you have to focus on yourself and what you can control and let God focus on the things you can't control. Yeah, I appreciate that insight. That smoke is stuff you can't control. That's certainly a part of it. That is certainly a part of it. Things that are that's going to stir you up. Yeah. What what I'm inviting you to do as you've made your list of smoke. Okay, you've made your list of smoke to really step back. I inviting I'm inviting you to really step back and analyze that and say, "Okay, what is what is the root of this?" And so often it's fear. Satan gets us so stirred up with fear that fear, anger, and all all of that, all of that is just uh, couched in pride, our lack of trust, our lack of faith in God. And boy, that that kind of hits a chord. That was hitting a chord in me as I was praying about that. I was like, wow, I got to let go of my fear. And so as I was praying to Father just even this morning, and this has been kind of a, a pattern the last few days especially, is to just put my fear on the altar. That's a very poor sacrifice, but that's what he wants. Just to put all my fear and, and shame and all of that on the altar, let it go. So to step back and say, okay, what is the smoke? How is the enemy stirring me up? What's the truth? Here's another thing to, to understand. There are things that are accurate. It is accurate that my son has an addiction. It's just what it is. It's accurate. But the truth is, truth is eternal. The truth is he is a beloved son of God. The truth is he's on his own journey and Heavenly Father is holding so tight to him the truth is, the Savior's got this. How much peace comes with truth? Can you see? There's things that are accurate and there are things that are eternal. Eternal is always in the hands of the Lord. It always brings peace. It always brings light. Okay, this is a quote from Joseph Smith about the real battle. Tell the people to be humble and faithful. And be sure to keep the spirit of the Lord. It will lead them right. Be careful not to turn away the still small voice. It will teach them what to do and where to go. It will yield the fruits of the kingdom. Tell the people to keep their hearts open to conviction. So that when the Holy Ghost comes to them, their hearts will be ready to receive it. 
They can tell the Spirit of the Lord from all other spirits. It will whisper peace and joy to their souls. It will take malice, hatred, strife, and all evil from their hearts. Their whole desire will be to do good, to bring forth righteousness, to build up the kingdom of God. Tell the people, if they will follow the Spirit of the Lord, they will go right. That is the real battle. That's the real battle. Can I have the Holy Ghost with me? Can I connect with the Spirit? Okay, so I invite you to look at it this way, okay? Let's look at it small. Can I have the Holy Ghost when my house is clean and everybody's happy and things are good? Yes, totally easy. Nailed that one. Can I have the Holy Ghost when I'm praying? Yep, got it. Got it, got it. Can I have the Holy Ghost when I'm reading the scriptures? Okay, now let's just expand this a little bit. Can I have the Holy Ghost when my house is a little bit messy or a lot messy and my children aren't getting along? Okay, that's hard. Let's go back to clean house. Let's go back there. That's easy. <laughs> but you see the battle's the same? Can I have the Spirit when I'm under financial stress? Can I have the Spirit of the Lord when I'm tired and my hormones are raging? Can I have the Spirit of the Lord when things are falling apart around me? Can I have the Spirit of the Lord when we're stuck in the house for a who knows how long and we don't know what the world's going to look like when we come out? Can I have the Spirit even in the midst of all the struggle and the trial and the fear and the pain? Yes, because if you have the Spirit of the Lord, the struggle, the trial, the fear go away. Or, more accurately, more truthfully, eternally, the Lord transforms all of that to meaning, to purpose, to growth. Karen, do you have a thought? Uh, one of the things I was thinking was, just back to your quote by Joseph Smith, when it said that, um, that to prepare your hearts to be ready to receive the Spirit, that if their hearts are ready, I just thought, that's why the enemy stirs up so much smoke because he knows our human experience is totally fought between our mind and our heart over our feelings and our thoughts and how we feel about all the evidence in our life, right? And so I was just thinking, of course, his greatest motive with how he subtly does what he does, the things you're describing so beautifully, is to keep us from being able to feel the love of God, access the help that we desire through the Spirit, to trust and have the confidence that we can still find joy even in a storm. He would not want us ever to be able to find those things because I just think if a woman knows how to find peace in a storm, then amazing things can happen with the people she loves. She can't heal people, but she can do amazing things. And so just that thought way where it says, you know, their hearts to receive the spirit, like if they can be ready to receive it. That's the battle that you're describing. I just thought that quote was so beautiful right there that when the Holy Ghost comes to them, their hearts will be ready to receive it. But we can't be ready to receive it unless we know we're in a battle. Because we really do have to defend ourselves from those smoke and mirrors you're talking about. 
Yeah. Oh, Karen, I'm so glad that you pointed that out. When I, when I think about that receiving the spirit, imagine this, imagine this, imagine I have a glass, a glass, it's an empty glass. And the spirit of the Lord is like this, just a waterfall of water just pouring out. And when the glass is up, I am filled. Sometimes it's hard to keep the glass up. It gets a little tipped sometimes, or sometimes I get kind of hard-hearted or afraid or angry or hurt. And then I find that I'm totally upside down and I'm thinking, where's the Lord? Where is he? Where's his promises? And he's still just pouring out his love, pouring out his hope and pouring out his peace. And I am not prepared to receive. So to learn to really practice keeping my glass upright. And here's something to consider, especially for those we love or, or even yourself. Maybe your glass has been buried for a long time in the backyard. Maybe it's been out there for years. Maybe your husband's glass has been out there for years, buried in the backyard. And finally, it gets uncovered and it is packed tight with all sorts of dirt and sediment and guck. And there is no way that it appears that that glass will ever get clean or ever be healed if it could represent, you know, the pain or your brokenness or however you're feeling that inadequacy. Okay, so let's just hold that, that glass that's caked in, doesn't even resemble what it's meant to be. Let's just hold it there under that stream, under that fountain. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Maybe not in one day or two days, but what is going to happen? It's going to be washed clean. It's going to be transformed. I feel the spirit with you guys this morning. Now that is hope. God is powerful. He has a way of transforming and healing that we don't understand. We just, you know, if we just get upright, receiving the spirit of the Lord. And we just think this is never going to work. Look how dirty I am. Look how muddy I am. It's still so muddy. It's still so packed in. You just wait. You just keep holding on. You just stay in that position, prepared to receive the spirit. And it's all made clean. It's all made new. I hope that you feel the spirit testifying to you. That is true. It's true in your family's life your husband's life, in your life, it's true. We need the Spirit of the Lord, and we need to be prepared to receive the Spirit. If you have any thoughts about this, I'd love to hear comments along the way. And again, Karen, I, I really appreciate you pointing that part out. That was really key. One thing I can't help but think is that I, too, felt the Spirit so strong when you said that, that analogy about the glass. You know, and I think, oh, I can be so judgmental about people who have their glasses buried in the backyard. Do you know what I mean? Wishing that they would get that unburied and then keep it unburied, right? And then, but it is, it's such a process and it's such a loving process that God is doing with them in his work. But my limited mortal understanding where I judge people and I'm uncomfortable with the waiting and I'm uncomfortable with the process and I have a hard time remembering that, you know, that's hard for them because of 
all of their individual personal reasons. But to me, it looks like it's just so easy. Get your, get your glass and turn it over. <laughs> I mean, um, and so I just think it's, yeah, what you bore testimony there is just so beautiful. It's so true. I felt that so strong too. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. I hope that you recognize that. And it's super easy to get frustrated with people when their glasses are upside down. Or you're just like, just get your glass out of the backyard. Come on, let's work on this. And that's where it comes back to the smoke and mirrors. You can't hold up anybody's glass. You can, you can, help, you can help pour the water, but you can't help it hold up anybody's glass. You can invite them. You can share with them. You can love them. That is the second tool. So the first tool really is you've got to fight the real battle. The real battle is not what it seems. The real battle is not with your, not with your fears. The real battle is not with the economy. It's not with, not with any kind of pandemic. It's not with the laundry. The real battle is not about any of that. The real battle is, can you have the spirit? Get the spirit of the Lord. Recognize how the enemy is stirring you up. You recognize smoke by feelings. And when you see someone or something else as the enemy, including yourself, it's just smoke and mirrors. It's just smoke and mirrors. Clear the smoke. The real battle is to have the spirit. To have the spirit is the battle because when you win that battle, you're going to win all the battles, all the battles. Okay. So I want to quick comment. Sorry. Yes, please. I didn't know how to interject. Absolutely. I didn't want to be rude. Yeah. Um, perfect. Just something I was thinking of as you were talking about, you know, how do we recognize when our glass is upside down? And I think that what, what he does to me personally is just makes me feel overwhelmed because I feel like he wants us to be so busy that we don't notice we we and one of the things we learned from our eight-week class with Karen um, is just to notice to take time to stop and notice what he's doing to us because I think sometimes he's so good at the smoke and mirrors with the busyness for me like I just have so much on my plate right now that he gets me so busy that I don't even take time to just breathe and be like oh this is what he's doing to me so I don't even recognize that my cup is upside down right so I think Part of it is just taking a moment um, whenever you can or just noticing it, like Karen said in her classes, that that's what he's doing to you, that basically your cup's upside down just because he's getting you so busy and he's keeping you so distracted that you don't even see it. You don't even notice that the spirit's not there until you stop and be like, oh, this is Satan. Like, this is what he's doing to me to try to not me make, have, you know, not have the spirit with me. And I just need to stop and notice it so that I can take a, a moment. And obviously it helps when we do our calendar, you know, when we're doing our, our letters to Heavenly Father. But, you know, again, when you get busy, those are the things that get cut out, sadly, even though that's the most important thing. But I think if we just take a moment to notice that's what's going on, like you said, and so that we can redirect instead of being fearful of the economy and the recession that's, you know, coming and all this stuff we can just notice that still Heavenly Father's in charge and turn our glasses upside down, you know, right side up, I should say, so that we can, we can have that spirit of peace. Amy, I really appreciate what you said. And you, you just uncovered an enemy tactic that so many of us face, right? Just being so busy. There's so many things on our plate. Boy, we all have a full plate. Every one of us has a full plate, and it's so easy. 
And you, you mentioned that Satan is really poking at us, right? And it's not like he's the one that's making my kitchen dirty. It would be nice if I could blame him, but he is poking at me where, I'm, where I can't see, right? He's just hidden behind the back saying, look at those dishes. Your kids, they're the enemy. Look what they did. You've got so much to do and nobody even cares, right? He's, he's there poking at us. And that's how he gets us. And that busyness, right? Holy cow, Amy, thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate that Karen has taught that. We've got to step back and just notice. Here's a powerful question. If you were writing notes and you were writing a list of strategies of how to win, there are some things that we've identified. One is to recognize, to just notice. And here's a great, a great sentence for your brain. What's really going on here? I guess that's a question. That's not a sentence. What's really going on here? Who do I see as the enemy? When's the last time I felt the spirit? And what can I do to feel the spirit right now? What's the lie? What am I afraid of? There's just so many. When you ask yourself powerful questions and you're looking for a real answer and not for a quick excuse with the mirrors going, oh, it's you. You're the problem. You're the problem. That's shame. Shame is you're the problem. Blame is you're the problem. That you can, we add that to complaining, comparing, and criticizing. Shame and blame. Blame, you're the problem. Shame, I'm the problem. And we start to recognize the smoke. And so just like Amy pointed out, you've got to notice. You've got to recognize. Have your, your smoke detectors going off. Whew, feeling a lot of smoke in here. And what's the best thing to do when there's a house full of smoke? You guys know this. What is it? Stop. Drop and roll. Yes. You got to stop. You got to stop. Let's go to the next thing. This is tool number two. Oh my goodness. Time is just zipping past. Tool number two. Once you notice, once you recognize, you have these powerful questions that you can begin to identify what's really going on. Here's your second tool is connection. This is President Eyring again. Unity is necessary for us to have the spirit in our family. But you know from experience, as I do, that such loving unity is hard to maintain. It takes, again, back to the spirit, having the Holy Ghost as a companion to open our eyes and temper our feelings. This is the answer to smoke. We've got to fight the real battle and connection. Two tools. What's really going on here? It's never what it seems. It's just smoke and mirrors. And how do you fight it? With connection. Connection with the spirit. They go hand in hand. So how do you connect? Or in other words, well, I want you to write two, two lists. I'm, and we're going to actually take a minute. I'm going to put on some music. We're going to take a minute. I want you to have these tangible lists with you. What are ways that you invite the spirit? What are ways that you invite the spirit? And you can put some of these in the chat box. That'd be great. And what are ways that you like to connect? Connection is powerful. Connection is powerful. Here's an example. I was on my way to a, to a speaking thing, and I had to stop it and get some copies made, and the machine wasn't working, and it was raining, and I was stressed about direction and time, and ah, I was starting to feel a lot of smoke, that it was about the time. It was about the, it was about the meeting. It was about being on time. It was about all this stuff, right? 
and what was really going on, just smoke and mirrors. The real battle to have the spirit. I was not having the spirit. I was in a place of fear. So when I got up, and it, this is kind of a silly example, but I, I just use it because, it's, because it works. I got up to the clerk, and he said to me, as I was paying my bill, he said, so is there anything else I can do for you? And I said, yes. Will you tell me what you're grateful for? And he just looked at me funny, and he named off a couple of things. And then he got really thoughtful. And he said, I'm really grateful for my children. And he started talking about his children. And the coolest thing happened. The most predictable thing happened. When he went into gratitude, he shifted, and he began to feel this deep connection with his children. I shifted. I began to feel a connection with the Holy Ghost with him. I mean, just open my heart up to compassion and love and connection. That's how you win this battle. Anything to connect. Connecting with the spirit, but connecting with others is a powerful way to do it. We're designed to connect in every possible way. We are designed for connection, especially with connection through God, which is why a member of the Godhead is a spirit so that he can come and dwell in us. Okay, we're going to take one minute. In that one minute, I want you to write down as many ways that you can think of to invite the Spirit and to connect with people. It could even be connecting with yourself, maybe yoga, meditation, dancing, singing, whatever it is. So a list of connection, which is really also an invitation to invite the Spirit. Okay, I'm going to put on some music. Okay, stop, stop, stop. What are some ideas you had? What were the, how did you feel? Let me ask you that. How did you feel as you were writing these lists? I hope on your lists you have some really fun things. Like being silly, playing games, laughing together, remembering funny times creating funny times, going for a walk, gratitude. The, the, the list can be endless. What do you do to connect? Does anyone feel inspired to share a few things? For some reason, I cannot write anything. Only show me the microphone, and I have my fears with my Latin accent. So... How can I come back to the chat? Listen to you. You you just tell us right now, and your Latin accent is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. You are so sweet. I am. I am. I have a lot of fears with that. And last week, I have an interview with my bishop, and I am the only one in my world who doesn't speak English well because everybody is from here in South Carolina. 
And I was, I received a calling for being as Relief Society president, and I am so afraid. So the enemy has you all stirred up over something the Lord wants you to do. And why? Why would he want to have you all stirred up? Exactly. And you cannot imagine how much have you helped me with this talk. I absolutely love, love it. My sister, I know that you love the Lord and you know how to connect with the Holy Ghost. That is why I feel the Holy Ghost telling me. That's why he needs you to be in this position of service because you understand fear. You understand where the sisters are. They might be afraid of different things, but you understand that. And because you know how to connect with the spirit, you can bring that into them and help them and bless them with the spirit of the Lord. That's all you need is the spirit. And, and that's why the enemy is trying to get you distracted with your accent. So you can't be filled with light. So you'll have your cup upside down and not be doing the work that the Lord knows you can do. He needs you to do. You've got this because you know how to connect with the Holy Ghost. Thank you so much. I really love this gospel. I, I love Jesus Christ and I love everything related with the gospel. Thank you so much for your words. Sister, you're going to do wonderful work for the Lord. Just wonderful. I'm looking in the chat box with connection. Touch, absolutely. Physical touch. I know sometimes as mothers we want to give a touch, but it's not very nice. Right? Just listen up here. So appropriate physical touch. Heartfelt conversations. Creating. Remember, Yes, creating. Being in a state of creation. Creating things that are beautiful. Uh, going, walking outside. I'm missing some of this. We're going to walk outside, connecting to others, reading scriptures aloud, send a joke or a family group text, love it, call, text, all these things. Okay, I was feeling so a lot of smoke last night, a lot of smoke. Oh, music, positive thoughts. You guys are so great. Yeah. And so I did just that very thing. I texted people that the enemy was trying to use smoke and mirrors on, and I was like, I love these people. And I just texted what I appreciated about them. And it... I don't know what it did to them, but it sure made me feel better. It cleared the smoke. It cleared the smoke. Being in a state of hope and peace and connection, and all of that happens with things that the enemy has cannot, he cannot do. Sense of humor, joy, love, peace, fun, using our bodies, eye-to-eye -eye contact, being present. The, the other night, the other night, I woke up in the middle of the night, three o'clock. My son was out in the front room watching TV, and I was feeling all sorts of smoke about that because I was tired. And, and then, um, gratefully, I was able to recognize the smoke. And I was able to, in that conversation, we spent two hours talking. And when the enemy kept reminding me how tired I was, in my heart, I was just in a state of peace and love with this boy praying for him, that he would feel the Spirit to help keep his cup upright. I'm going to pause right now. Karen needs to speak, but uh, those are your two tools. Clear the smoke. Recognize what's really going on. The real battle and connection.
Oh, thank you so much, Kim. And we're going to keep going here in a minute, but because it's the top of the hour and a lot of you might need to run, um, we just want to uh, remind you, um, if you want to reach out to Kim personally, here's her email. And if you're at, as you're here or um, if you're registered and are listening to the recording on the slides, this will be emailed to you. You can find her email. Uh, but I'll say it for the recording just in case. It's eternalfamilywarriors at gmail.com. Something Kim does that's really awesome. In fact, I've had her come into my own home and do this with me. And I'm sure now that we're all supposed to say six feet apart, she'll do it from in an online <laughs> format like, we, like we've experienced here today. But um, she just loves to meet with families. Um, and help families understand these things together so that when they're being enticed by the, by the enemy in their own lives, in their own homes, they can see the real enemy and they can fight from the same side against the right enemy. Uh, she's just really skilled at working with children and the dynamic of families and actually making it really fun too so if your kids you're thinking they'll just yawn and think why are we doing this um no they won't do that if kim is helping you so you can she's happy to do a free consultation with you um and you can find her at eternal warrior training eternal warriors training.org uh and you can sign up for her eternal warriors class or you can also um just reach out to her in her email and say, I, we would love to just have you tell us more about what you could do with our family. Um, she's a great resource and it would be fun to do when you have a little maybe extra time to learn some new things while you can't go ice skating anymore or something. So uh, anyway, before we end and turn the time back over to Kim for a Q&A, I just really feel strongly it is the principles Kim has taught here today are so important and it's important that we invite you to come and join us in our mom power training. Uh, we hope that you will come and learn how important it is to identify what the truth really is about you first and foremost and that above all else the adversary is trying to steal your ability to keep the spirit with you so he can mislead you away from your divine identity and your ability to show up in your divine purpose to support his work with the people you serve and the people you love. And um, Kim's message today aligns so much with our message of stay by the tree. Stay by the tree is our um, our ability to notice whether or not we are losing the spirit um, and that we can support God's work with ourselves as he's trying to grow and teach us and other people that we are trying to support and help um, and love when we can keep the spirit. So anyway, come learn about how to stay by the tree and um, how to be peaceful in a storm with us in our mom power training. Our next one starts next week on the 31st.
So we know that despite what the world is shouting, we and our children can stand, stand tall with hope, power, and light because we know who the Savior is and we know how to rely on his enabling power. He is definitely the key to all of our success and our joy. So thank you so much for being here. And you can find us at lifechangingservices.org or motherswhoknow.org for more information. All right. We're going to turn the time back over to you and Kim for a Q&A. I appreciate that, Karen, because as you were talking and I was reviewing things I wanted to share with you, Okay, so we're all on social distancing, right? And if you have people in your home, you might notice that they are filling a lot of smoke, right? And mirrors. So they might be poking at each other, trying to get each other's attention or irritate each other. And I, I want to clear the smoke on that one. What's really going on there is that they are disconnected and they are begging for connection in a very unskilled way. They don't know how to connect, but they, they don't even know that that's what they need is connection. So if you find that your family's poking at each other or you're feeling irritated or frustrated, it's because there's a disconnect going on. So anything to connect, anything to connect, anything. That might look like popcorn. That might look like a walk. That might look like tickling. That might look like anything, anything to connect. And that's the most important thing that can be happening right now. The enemy is all about disconnection. Everything he does is about disconnection. Even addictions, it's all disconnection. Everything the Lord does, everything the Lord does is connection. Okay, so I, I appreciate letting me add that one little spot. If you see some unskilled people in your home seeking connection or you're feeling, ah, uh, you, you need some connection. Okay, any questions, comments, thoughts? Kim, I have a quick comment. Yes. I, I love what you shared about there are things that are accurate and things that are eternal because sometimes I think, well, do we just forget about all this stuff that's really real and right in front of us and say, pretend it's not there? Or And, and then I also struggle with, I do feel fear sometimes. Um, and does that mean, oh, you don't have any faith? You don't have, you know, because you feel fear or whatever. But I appreciated that, yes, it is accurate that this is happening or this. It just kind of acknowledges that, I don't know, I'm, that's not a question, but you're supposed to use your crystal ball on what, what that. I appreciate that because I'll tell you the truth. I've been feeling some fear on this, right? I've been stirred up over this. And I, Karen, I think you asked me to speak today just so I would have to get in a place of peace. I'm really grateful. So one thing, and BJ, you pointed out something, and I don't know if you're aware of it in your language. This, if you're writing notes, this would be something to write down. You agree with the enemy while in the way. Yes, this is scary. Because the enemy is going to keep poking at it. Yes, I'm feeling some fear. You totally agree with the enemy. Yes, it's what we're dealing with. There's some unknowns here. But, and now you step into your power, and you use powerful words. You invoke the name of Jesus Christ. But, through Jesus Christ, 
there is hope. Through Jesus Christ, there's healing. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengtheneth me. So you acknowledge what the enemy's poking at you. You acknowledge what's accurate because there's nothing you can do about that. You just have to go, yep, that's what it is. And if he's bringing up the past, you go, yep, that's what it is. If he's bringing up all of this, the, the commotion in the world, we go, yep, that's what it is. And then you step into faith and power. But I know God's got this. But I am going to keep my covenants no matter what. But I'm going to be faithful and full of hope because at the end of all this commotion, we are having a serious party. A serious family reunion, and it's going to be awesome. So, BJ, again, I don't know that you're aware of how you did that, but that is a powerful tool. Acknowledge, agree with the enemy, and then you step into a powerful place of faith. But with Jesus Christ, all things are possible. But through him, even struggles can be turned to blessings. That's something to write down. Thank you, BJ. appreciate that. Any other thoughts? Kim, there's a question in the chat. Oh, yeah. It says, can you explain how to make connections? Oh, that's a great question. How to make connections. And there, there are so many layers of connections. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll try to touch on a couple. Um, make a connection with you. Start by being present. Sometimes, and maybe some of you have experienced this, if we've experienced trauma or so much emotion that it, it's scary. So like we cut off and we start living up here. We don't want to connect with us. There's just too much fear, too many emotions. I don't want to go there. That could be, that reconnection can happen by even just deep breathing and being aware of every part of your body, just kind of going through your temple. Toes, I feel you down there. Feet, oh, so much gratitude. Thanks for keeping me going and just connecting with your body in gratitude. Lots of deep breathing. That's a, a very tiny step there. Connecting with God. That could happen through going through a walk, for a walk. Gratitude. Being really present as you listen to the birds sing. Just watching the sunset or sunrise, feeling the breeze, just being aware of all the tender mercies that are coming into you, or through scriptures or prayer or music, praise. Just being still with God. That can allow connection. Connection with another people, with another person. <laughs> I have to fix my grammar as you guys edit this. Um, that can happen through gratitude through eye contact just turning to when your family's talking to you or anyone's talking to you just turn toward them just look at them be present with them it can happen with um a, a text hey just thinking about you i think you're awesome uh it can happen through through any time that you have felt connection, go back to that memory. Satan knows how to use our filing cabinets to bring up yucky stuff and, and terrible stories. 
but you can intentionally use your filing cabinet to bring up times where you felt at peace and you felt connected and it felt fun and joyful and hopeful. You can bring those memories back just thinking about them. We, we play a game with our family. My kids just always roll their eyes because we throw a bear around and we call it the remember game. And we have to remember a time that was really fun or that we felt connected or silly or whatever. And when you remember those things, your chemicals adjust and you are like back there again. You could look at pictures to create connection. You, you Boy, so, so many ways. Dance, laugh, turn on music, um, watch cat videos, <laughs> but not very long. Watch a cat in real life. That would be better. Disconnection is Satan's favorite game or false connection. And we get a false sense of connection on Facebook or social media where we think we're connecting, but really we come away and we're more empty. It's a, a false sense of connection. So anything to connect, it might be food. It might be like, why do you think business people do deals over dinner, right? Because food literally opens you up. You're opening up to another person. Now, and I sh there's some lots of qualifications on food there. Don't just go eat ice cream by yourself. That's not what I'm saying. But if you invite someone in through connection, family dinner, and if dinner is not that exciting, like beans and rice, my favorite thing to do with beans and rice is dinner music and candles. Super fun. Laughing, anything, anything to connect. Does that answer your question? There's, hopefully that gets some juices going anyway. I like to read out loud to my family. That's a big connection for me. If I can sit down and read out loud for them, I just, whoo, I'm at Zen. I'm just like, oh, I love you. Here's, here's a little story. Uh, when I was working full time, my husband had a brain tumor. I was working full time and teaching and I was doing a hundred things and had eight kids. I came home one night and it was just total chaos. And I had something to say to everybody, how they were failing and blah, 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 right? And I was feeling all this smoke. Ooh, I was choking on smoke. And we knelt down for family prayer. And I just wanted to go around the room and just point out all of the failings for that day. But gratefully, I chose to step back. And as I went around the circle to each child, I intentionally chose what I was grateful for them. And some of it had to take some creativity, but I only expressed gratitude. And by the time I got around the circle, all of that negativity had left. We felt so connected. I felt connected. I just was like, I love these people. Five minutes before, I had nothing good to say to them. And now all of a sudden, I couldn't think of anything that I didn't love about them. Gratitude is a big one. My 16-year-old daughter said to me last night, she said she discovered something about looking in the mirror. I said, well, what are you doing? She said, she only sees good things in the mirror. And she said, it's, it's made her mirror time a lot faster. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? So she's, instead of looking at all the flaws in her face and picking at her face or, or trying to make things better, you know, she said, except if there's wild eyebrows, I pull those out. But when you look in the mirror, say two or three things about yourself that you love. Create that. Okay. Um, 
Our son has felt great anger and isolation towards us as parents. Just sending pictures of happy times we spent as a family periodic has helped me and hopefully him too. Yes. How do we help our children see the real battle, especially when one child is convinced that his brother is the enemy? Boy, that's a, that's a great question and one for the ages, right? Adam and Eve, they struggled with that. Lehi and Sariah, they struggled with that. Jacob, Israel, right? He struggled with that. Brothers seeing the real battle and not getting caught up in the smoke and mirrors. My thoughts on that, if I can share some thoughts on that, is to help them stay in a state of remembrance in the most fun, positive way possible. So often, if someone is choking on smoke, they don't want to hear it because the evidence is so big and so that if you pointed out your brother is not the enemy, he may or may not receive that. He may or may not be open to that. So I invite you to really pray about that, how to connect these brothers. And for you, this is, this is the real battle, right? Your battleground just expanded. Can I feel at a, at the spirit as I interact with them and to see them in vision as loving and connected? So the Holy Ghost, again, the Holy Ghost will tell you all things as you fight to win that real battle. He will tutor you and give you little tiny sparks of ideas. And if you're writing letters to God, those answers are going to show up in there. They're going to show up in scriptures. They're going to show up in conversations where you hear just these little ideas that will allow that healing to happen, that connection to happen. It might look like dumping all the Legos out on a blanket and playing Legos together as a family and just laughing about that. It might look like uh, the two of them working on a project with dad or on their own projects near each other. It might look like a hike. It might look like lots of drives. It might look like, I don't know. But the Spirit will tutor you if that's what you're seeking. And I, I've learned, and I keep learning with my children, especially my son, that, you know, when, you, when you're starting a fire with flint and still, and you, you just keep trying to make those sparks and hoping that spark's going to catch. I hope this is the one. I hope this is the one. Hoping the kindling's dry and everything's set up and that wind's not blowing. You know, you just keep, keep your job is to keep the sparks going. To keep offering that light. Because you don't know when it's going to catch fire. But it's going to catch. It's going to catch. You just keep those sparks of the Holy Ghost happening in your life, in your home. President Eyring, and I invite you to read the talks. Oh, I'll send these out. I'll send them to Karen. Um, his, his most recent, no, it's from April last year. Last year, April, he gave a great talk about having the Holy Ghost. He gives some, um, highlights some really great ideas in there. And then he gave a talk in 2017 also about having the Spirit. Read, read the words of the prophets, Latter-day prophets and the, and the scriptures looking for those answers. You might want to pray and write down the question. 
how do I help my sons remember that they love each other? And then you're looking for that, and Father's bringing ideas to your mind, and you write those down. And then you have this plan. Oh, today we're going to have pizza, and we're going to watch we're going to watch a movie together. Who knows? I don't know what the, the plan is, but he knows. And it might change every day. It might surprise you. I hope that gave you some ideas. The real battle really is to have the spirit. Can you have the spirit when your kids are in a, a space of disconnection? They want to connect. They don't know how they're unskilled. Other thoughts, questions, things that have come to your mind? I have a question. So I love what you were saying there on that connection and that's something that I've been trying to do. And so I guess my question is I'm working so hard to help my son and get him back to the path. As you say, you know, I'm standing by the tree. I'm trying to look through the smoke and clear the smoke and things like that. But my husband seems to bring a lot of smoke and I, I he's an addict as well. And I'm battling that front. Um, and I feel like every time I get two steps forward with my son, you know, there's three steps back with whatever my husband does. Do you have any suggestions on that? Because I'm with everybody home now I'm about going back crazy with it because they, they butt heads all the time. Well, that is a really tricky situation. And I, I really appreciate you being so vulnerable and open on that. I'm going to share some thoughts. and. Karen, if you have thoughts to share also, my thoughts are, you could probably guess, you focus on the real battle. You can't fight the battles for your husband or for your son, but you, you can be in a place of peace and hope with the Spirit. And again, I invite you, as you connect with the Spirit, the Lord is going to tell you how to navigate this and to honor that everybody's on their own journey. That is the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. When we see so clearly and we feel so deeply, why can't they see it? Why can't they feel it? And if they're both caught in addiction, they're, they're both very much disconnected. They're feeling disconnected or a false connection. But I do know as you win the battle of how do I connect with my son, how do I connect with my husband? All of this is through your connection with the Spirit. You will be given little ideas, things that would never have come to your mind before. And the Spirit will teach you how to navigate that very tricky situation. But you being in a state of joy and hope and peace with the Holy Ghost is going to do more than anything else. Yeah, that's, that's what I keep doing, and I keep being told patience, love, and perseverance, and that's what I keep doing. And I so, know! I've had this! I've totally experienced I I have learned I just need to keep the patience, keep calm, love him. And that is so hard for us as mothers, seriously, I totally get this. But for you to be in a state of faith that God's got his eye and his arms around your son and to honor that and to just uh, in Karen's book, Mama Trauma, she points that out, right? As a mothers, we are mothers of the sons of Helaman that they'll all, Karen, I can't remember. It's been 
a little bit since I read your words, but the feeling that I got from your book was they're, they're going to be wounded, but because of our faith in them and in Christ, they're going to be healed. You just have to hold that space of faith without being overbearing, but just being in a state of so much love, he just can't miss it. And sometimes we have to love them where they are, love them on their terms, love them on their terms, and that's really hard sometimes. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We're going to transition into our 1030 class. It's our Warrior Mothers You Know class. And uh, you can go to mothersyouknow.org under the support tab to find more information about joining us there. Thanks for being here. And Kim, we love you. We have so much gratitude and appreciation for you and um, want you to know how much we have gotten out of this today. Thank you, gals. Thank you, Karen.